Hello and welcome to the ETA.FM podcast. It's your weekly source of information and commentaries about the ocean freight market. I've started this show to share the knowledge that I have from the freight forwarding and over time I've decided to create a space for the whole industry to share and consume the insights. If you are interested to have a chat on the upcoming episodes, just let me know on the social media or via email at sep at eta.fm. Today I have Thorsten Diphaus from Zeneta with me on the show. We are going to have a chat about the most hottest topics of the calendar week 24. We will cover the Yentian situation, of course. Uh, we will talk about the cargoes, which is going to be shipped in upcoming weeks and if it's already a Christmas peak season. Uh, we, we will discuss long-term and the spot rates and the carrier's advantage, uh, other new contracting options such as uh, two-way committed contracts like those from the New York Shipping Exchange and uh, slot sharing agreements. And uh, we will also mention the Home Depot and why not Amazon was the first one to charter the own vessel. And at the end, we will shortly chat about the impact of different trades. Uh, besides the ex-APAC uh, caused by the situation on the ocean freight market nowadays. Welcome to the commentary of the 24th week and uh, welcome Thorsten on board today. Hi Sebastian. Thorsten, you, you are a uh, team of Zeneta, uh, which I really uh, love in, you know, from, from the data analytics point of view. Uh, but maybe at the beginning you could just uh, say a few words about yourself, about your journey that you've taken to to, to land in Zeneta team. Yeah, uh, thanks. Uh, I will do so. Um, so I'm with Zeneta for more than four years already uh, in various positions. And um, before I started Zeneta, I worked uh, 12 years for uh, two big uh, global logistics companies in regional and country positions, Yeah, mainly for ocean freight, but as well for air freight. Uh, talking to them directly, helping teams internally to work with them and uh, just building my knowledge about the whole market uh, throughout the last uh, years. Yeah, that's uh, super convenient to have this experience uh, fr from the past, but what is happening now in the market, it's something that nobody uh, really expected and nobody's seen it from, from the first time before. Uh, so t today we, we uh, did the most hottest topic is of course Yentian and the situation in the Southeast uh, Asia in China in particular because of the COVID uh, outbreak over there and uh, I think your platform within the spot rates and uh, which is public at uh, xsi.zeneta.com is a perfect place to to have a look what's going on over there in terms of the you know on the impact on the rates so it's it, it's insane when you think about it but uh, even now it was in very uh, unpredictable before you, 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 we can observe a, another peak on your graph which is caused by the, by the Yentian situation so what 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 are your thoughts on that in Zeneta internally um look if you would have asked me earlier this year um and this may be somewhere even in a webinar mentioned we thought that a situation uh, uh, as usual after Chinese uh, New Year will probably um, get better. Yeah. And due to different incidents, what have happened uh, since that time, I mean, it even get worse. What we do see now is uh, the short term prices um, out of China are on a higher level than they have been uh, earlier this year. 
Yeah, we hear some uh, uh, ridiculous high numbers. Uh, um, if you really need to get your cargo shipped, um, you hear some numbers which are, I mean, going up to 20K. If this is really the market, no, it's not. But probably it's paid from one or the other. Yeah, if it's so important to get your cargo out, because what you shouldn't forget is at the moment uh, um, you just don't get any space. And the Yantian situation is just uh, worsening everything. Yeah, with um, equipment situation locally. Yeah, um, capacities running at their limits anyhow, which need to uh, uh, work with the or which need to uh, uh, um, handle the additional capacity from Yantian or the additional volumes, which is impossible. You have so much uh, empties or full containers uh, stuck on board of the vessels because of the congested ports. Yeah, not only Yantian now. I mean, we see still Los Angeles. We have other examples where uh, ports are congested and uh, um, it takes way longer now to get the containers back into the loop after they've been discharged. And all this is definitely seen in uh, um, the prices. Yeah. And when you read it, and I'm a bit unsure about this one, you read that the demand is still strong. The warehouses are not full enough. Uh, that they just restock warehouses, bringing inventory to the same levels. I have heard as well that companies uh, um, adding additional 30 to 50% to the inventory in order to avoid uh, uh, that they run empty later on. Or we have heard as well that the Christmas uh, business, the peak season for Christmas is already starting now. If you get space, better get it now out than never. Yeah, or too late. And this is what we do see at the moment. And this is all reflected in the rates, uh, which are extremely high and uh, very inconvenient for all the people at the moment. Yeah, ju just on some some uh, other information I've heard this, this week was that, you know, for this uh, garden season, it's uh, it is end of July is the last call to, to get it shipped. In my opinion, last call was actually in, in the end of April <laughs> just to, to, to get the, your cargo uh, sold at the end. But uh, yeah, now we are we are talking about Christmas, basically. We, within all of the congestions and everything which is going on over there, it's uh, and the uncertainty that is uh, already, let's say, well known by all, the, all of the shippers, definitely the cargo which is going to be shipped now, it's Christmas cargo. Unless they can secure the production side, of course. <laughs> Because that's another challenge that they have. C correct. And this is just uh, uh, important to see. And I believe no one will really or is really expecting lower rates uh, this year. Yeah. It will remain on a high level. Uh, the smallest incident which might happen somewhere may be related to Corona that uh, um, terminals are not operating as they should. Yeah. Or something else. Yeah. This could really cause enormous trouble in the whole supply chain. Yeah, and this will have uh, ripple down, or uh, this kind of effect will be then uh, move on to different trades later on as well. It's just not you can't uh, uh, watch this as a or as a problem which is just happening on one trade. No, one problem on one trade will definitely cause other uh, problems in different trades. Yeah, we, we, we can already see it. Yeah? There's all of the port congestion started in the US West Coast. Now we are talking about the Rotterdam, about Hamburg. Yentian, this might be a little bit different case, but for, for example, Hamburg itself, you know, it's like news from yesterday that 2M is going to prolong 
calling Bremerhaven instead of the Hamburg for another four weeks. So there are like no really uh, strong signs that it's going to be under control any, anytime soon. That That is true. I have to admit, I pass usually the Hamburg port uh, uh, twice or three times a week. It looks full, but not congested, but you know, the vessels can only enter the port uh, uh, when there's a, a free berthing window. Therefore, probably there are also some other reasons why they make this decision. I'm not sure. True. Uh... You know, it's, uh, it's like a record high, another week of record high spot rates, but at the same time, the contractual rates for the longer term are also much higher than they used to be. But at the same time, like, you know, the, 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 probably one of the third of the, of the spot rates that we can observe in the indexes. So it, it gives also the kind of an advantage for the carriers to, to sign the longer contracts with the shippers and uh, within the... Uh, freight forwarders for the shippers for so-called name accounts. Uh, do, do you observe the same you, when when you look on your data? That is, there's there's a kind of a move between from from the spot to into the contract rates from your from your customers. Um, it depends a bit on the size of uh, a shipper, and um, what we do see is. Look, let me put it this way: a, a perfect ship calculation or scenario for a carrier in the past was probably 70 to 80 percent uh, long-term contracts and 20 to 30 percent uh, short-term shipments at the moment this is more to 50 50 yeah and this is uh, one of the problems as well why it's difficult to secure the same number of uh, sh uh, containers with a carrier this year than you had in the previous years if everyone is reducing everything by 20 percent yeah you need to spread your volume to more suppliers and probably you also end up uh, automatically on the short-term market yeah what we have seen is that suppliers try to offer longer term rates uh, against uh, a somehow competitive price so instead of offering 12 months offering 24 months yeah still at a rate level which is quite high compared to the pre-COVID times but comparing to the times how it is nowadays it's probably not as bad as it looks in the beginning this is what we definitely have uh, seen yeah and uh, this is also visible for sure mainly on asia outbound um but probably it will move to other trades as well but there is no uh, signal at the moment that we can say look this will happen yeah, because of the situation, there's a, a, another topic which is getting stronger and stronger that we, we, we could all observe for years in terms of the really uh, fulfilling the contracts from the suppliers and, you know, the cancellation of, uh, of some of the volume that was agreed on the, on, on the negotiation side. So I'm, I'm talking about this kind of a two-sided contracts and, uh, and slot sharing agreements uh, that were also piloted by some of the biggest freight forwarders in the past, but not really taken off, off the ground in the past. It, it seems that l right now it's like perfect timing for, for, for getting this kind of a new uh, basics of agreements and accountability, accountability of, uh, of really fulfilling those agreements uh, stronger than, than it used to be in the, in the past. What do you think about it? Hundred percent correct. I mean, it's a, a, a pure seller's market at the moment, yeah. And this is what we realize. And I mean, if we are honest, uh, um, the whole market in the past uh, 
was not very supplier friendly yeah because you could break a contract at any time you couldn't uh, deliver the volume which you have promised yeah because of various reasons but you still uh, got the rate which have been agreed initially and um, this time it's really that the suppliers are playing hardball and we know that uh, different freight folders uh, have established um, slot charter agreements yeah fixed price for 12 months but as well for example you agree 100 boxes a week on a certain port pair not on a range usually and if you just uh, deliver 80 you pay 400 yeah the risk is now not any longer with the supplier because he get paid for the 100 the risk is now uh, um, uh, with the customer and uh, uh, he needs to manage this kind of risk which is always or which has always been in the past with the carriers only yeah and this is for sure something what they are really interested in and this is what we have seen i mean another topic on this one is probably uh, i don't know if you have read it uh, home depot they have uh, uh, the first vessel chartered it's not a voyage charter when i read it correctly it's a longer term uh, charter agreement and i'm wondering uh, because this is the first time that i have heard something that a shipper themselves are chartering a, a container vessel yeah and this is uh, quite interesting to see how this will uh, uh, be acknowledged by the carriers and probably also freight force because freight force did charter vessels before and for for me it would be quite interesting to see if this is uh, just something for marketing or if they can really move substantial volumes with this one um yeah do they would like to threat uh, uh, suppliers that they can do so yeah that's all the questions which are unanswered if you talk about uh, all this kind of stuff yeah that's super interesting point i mean you know in in, in the past when we've been yeah, they, the home depot was comparing you know the prices for the larger ships and uh, it definitely didn't make any sense but now when there are like a lot of uh, carriers you know deploying 3000 years 1500 years vessels on this kind of a major uh, uh, trades it's is it, is is actually getting more sense because i'm pretty sure that home depot could uh, could you know fulfill all of the vessel it it it, it will you know deliver some challenges in terms of the frequency of the uh, of the uh, stocks to be ful uh, fulfilled because it's not going to be operating like on the weekly basis for sure with a single vessel because it's impossible but at the end, if they can just uh, you know manage to to uh, optimize their their supply chain for like this this kind of a monthly deliveries, which is more or less possible with a Trans Pacific, uh, it, it would definitely make sense for them. I I thought actually I thought it it was going to be Amazon who's going to do it for for their uh, suppliers because it, it is much bigger volume. They are more natural. They are much more better prepared for that in ter in terms of the NVO uh, certification that they made like four years ago or something like that uh, but but yeah surprisingly it's not them it's uh, it's home depot but it's uh, it's definitely the, the time now to to make this kind of calls correct but nonetheless when i read first time i was surprised and i st uh, fully stayed you right uh, uh, amazon is probably coming up to uh, the mind immediately but what we shouldn't forget they don't need a weekly service because they still have the allocation with the carriers but i believe they really uh, struggle with all the um, um, overflow of the volume which is not getting shipped and you know the worst thing what can happen is that your uh, um, 
uh, your, uh, uh, um, your, your stuff is not at the point of sale when you would like to sell it because if it's not there, you can't sell it. So you have no uh, revenue. Yeah. So therefore, they need to find solutions. And I believe everyone in the whole industry is really concerned about the shadow reliability. Yeah, that is a major issue. And when I talk to supply chain people, I mean, for sure, they don't like to pay 8K. But not knowing if you get your shipments after six weeks, 12 weeks, nine weeks, I mean, that is even worse with all the additional work, probably uh, uh, you need to air freight, but air freight takes a long time as well at, mo at the moment. Uh, yeah, it's not that you still have uh, five, six days for air freight. So it's just causing so many additional uh, problems. Yeah, where they really think about solutions where two years ago, no one would have thought about. Yeah. It's, uh, it's super challengeable because, you know, when you think about today, when there's like the lowest inventory level in the US, in, the, in Europe, in history, you, you, you immediately think about those empty warehouses and the cost is there, of course, right? So, so there is no income because there, there's no cargo, but the cost for the warehouses and for all, all, most of the operations is still there. At the same, you know, those peaks, if, if the cargo will not arrive for this kind of a holiday season within the all of the garden stuff and everything else, it, it means that it, it will arrive I don't know, in September or October, and then it needs to be stored. What, what does it mean? You know, the, those warehouses which were empty like now are going to not be enough to store all of these goods for the next season. Uh, so it's it's insane situation in terms of the supply chain and, and, and you know, the driving these uh, this operations efficiently nowadays. And correct. And another layer on this kind of problem is that uh, usually you have penalty for late deliveries or non-deliveries. I mean, these are massive amounts sometimes. Uh, I believe some companies could easily go bust if you do not manage to deliver on time. Yeah, definitely. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I, I've tried to dig into this uh, into this topic with especially those big retailers that are you know in the force of, of power in terms of the negotiations. Uh, but yeah, that's also my guess that it's, it's going to be like super uh, life-challenging uh, situation for, for, for smaller companies being the, the supplier for, the, for those retailers. I, I just wonder if you've already observed you know, the impact on the other trade lanes, uh, which is caused by, the, by this uh, unexpected demand and the, all of the struggles of the supply chains for the main trade lanes of, uh, from ex-Asia to US and uh, to, to Europe. Yeah. Um, yes, usually when we check it uh, in our platform, look um, the 32 most important trades worldwide, there's always a quite uh, diverse picture. Some are going up, some are going down. Yeah. If I check it at the moment, all of them on the short term are going up. That means on the long term, sooner or later as well. So that means really this kind of um, what we do see in the market at the moment is having a strong impact on all the other markets as well yeah and it could be that for example you don't have uh, um, enough equipment to be shipped because you put your equipment where you earn most yeah and uh, if usually probably the profit on a certain corridor is not as high as on another or you need the empties back in Asia because you earn so much money with the, the traffic out of Asia why should you ship it to West Africa yeah, the boxes. 
probably empty position them back. Ma makes absolutely sense. <laughs> from the carrier perspective, of course. <laughs> but you need these kind of vessels, probably you pull it out uh, from a service uh, where you could use it, but it makes more sense for a carrier to put it where the money is. Yeah, And this is definitely what we do see uh, as an impact on uh, uh, many trades. And therefore, um, it will be very challenging if you go out to tender later this year. And um, um, we run analysis for our customers, uh, what they should expect um, on the individual trades, because you can never say it's high level, um, because this is what we clearly outlined last year. Certain trades, there were big increases on some other trades, probably was stable. You can't say that across the board, everything is going up by 20%. It really depends on uh, the individual trades you are working in, where your major volumes uh, uh, is handled. And this is crucial as well for the upcoming uh, tender period that you do really understand what is going on on my major trades. Yeah, Is it up? Is it down? But uh, in general, uh, I expect uh, higher prices on a majority of uh, uh, the lanes worldwide. Thorsten, I've seen that you are going to, to host the webinar next week about yes. the situation in Yantin as well. So what, what are the, you know, the audience could expect from that to learn? Uh, um, yeah, uh, we have two webinars next week, uh, one about uh, Yantian, one about Transatlantic, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, the Yantian one is where we uh, drill down more into our numbers. What do we really see? Do we see something already now with uh, the latest data, uh, which we received this week? Um, yeah, what's going on? What is the general situation collected from uh, different sources as well? And uh, uh, that we uh, check as well, what is the impact, what we do believe, uh, what's happening there? Yeah, based on our data, which is always uh, the basis for our calculation or discussion. Awesome. All right, Thurston, th thanks a lot for joining me on today's episode. And uh, yeah, let's speak uh, soon and have a good week. Same for you. Thanks a lot. Bye bye. Thanks for listening. Uh, if you have any comments, uh, please share via social media or directly on the email. Same as you would like to join the one of the next episodes. I'm super happy to to host you on the show so give me a ping on send at eta.fm if you enjoyed the show don't forget to subscribe on your podcast player and send on the linkedin and uh, have a great week